Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey there, welcome back, Solar Warrior. Thank you once again for investing the most precious thing that you have, your time. I'm so honored to have you here listening to Suncast. Today's entrepreneur is Deep Chakraborty a seasoned solar veteran with experience bringing quality products to market. Some of you probably know Deep from his days launching and growing the Centro Solar brand here in the United States. But in today's episode, we're going to learn how he applied product savvy and know-how from Detroit's automotive industry to launch Enact Systems, a fast-growing software platform helping solar developers globally. My favorite quote from this week's episode, success is not in a number of users, it's how much business you can help a partner grow. Many thanks to Lisa Ann Pinkerton of Technica Communications for helping us connect the dots with Deep and get him on the show. You'll find more than 170 other inspiring and influential leader stories over at mysuncast.com. And I encourage you to check it out because while you're there, you can learn more about the Suncast tribe and subscribe to the newsletter so you don't miss a single episode or announcement. For now, let's get ready for another powerful conversation here on Suncast. All right, Solar Warrior, today we get to hang out with an entrepreneurial business leader that has been working leading change for large global corporations for two plus decades, both in the automotive and now for more than a decade in the energy industries. Mr. Deep Chakraborty is the founder and CEO of Enact Systems, which is leading software platform for solar project management. Deep, so stoked to have you on Suncast finally. Thank you, Nico. Pleasure to be here. You, as many in the manufacturing side of our business, got your start in the automotive industry. Tell me about your first foray or exposure into solar and clean energy and how you decided this is really where you wanted to focus your career. Yeah, it was uh, back over 10 years ago. I, I started my career at uh, Chrysler, uh, Daimler Chrysler at that time, and we developed interesting products uh, in the market, including electric minivans. And then I got a chance to live in Europe for a few years, discovered solar panels and roofs of villages at that time, driven by the feed-in tariff, and got really excited about what was happening over there. And got a chance to work for a German company, which was Central Solar, a leading manufacturer of products in Europe. Later on, it was hard to build a business for them in the U.S., out of Arizona, uh, back in 2009, all the way to 13. And we, we had a, a really fun time growing through uh, the middle of the worst recession in America at that time, building a solar business, delivering uh, packaged solar solutions to homes and businesses, along with financing. It was probably the best time to do something. And, and of course, have go- gone into new things since then. It's always interesting for me, folks that are able to transition to solar in the U.S. out of another market, in particular Europe, a thriving market, because you have a perspective 
on the potential of growth for this market that many of us who are native, as it were, or incumbent here in the market didn't necessarily have on what was possible. Was there anything for you coming in from Europe that in 2008 just struck you as obvious regarding how the industry was going to grow or anything that at that time you thought was an obvious path forward that turned out to just not work in the United States? Yeah, I mean, clearly the whole motivation for me to move out here building solar as uh, back in 2009 was huge opportunity economically. I mean, you had energy prices in California significantly higher for peak tiers uh, than in, in Munich. And yet uh, the market there was all driven by feed-in tariff, you know, subsidy. And here there was none, barely any. So the whole thesis we had was that if you develop a platform of services and distribution uh, and reduce the cost of delivery, it definitely will help build a channel, right? So there was already over a thousand installers back then, you know, in what was called the California Solar Initiative. And we wanted to empower them with better systems and processes and distribution and product and financing to enable them. Coming from Europe, it seemed like the obvious thing to do because we already did the same model back in, in, in Spain and Italy where the markets were thriving, having efficient distribution systems, et cetera, were the need of the year. So, of course, uh, things ended up differently in the U.S. Again, as you said, hindsight is great. We ended up learning that the U.S. is a lot more finance-driven as a market solar than in Europe. People used to write checks there. People owned homes, and there was not much financing. Even now, there's very little for homes and small businesses buying solar. And the U.S. was mostly finance. And so we innovated there. Right? We had to create financing mechanisms. We had to package it with the product. We had to empower the quicker transactions with it. And so it ended up being, of course, a different journey than what we thought it would be. Deep, I wonder, as you came at this, from the perspective of someone with deep experience in the automotive sector, having worked for Chrysler, having been able to see what it looks like to put programs together as a you know, program manager for Daimler, what tools from your previous experience and even what tools that perhaps you guys had constructed mental models or management thought processes or kind of where I'm leading here, but perhaps it was other specific things that come to mind for you. What tools for you helped as you stepped into this new role building a company in the United States? I would say the biggest thing which we've tried to, at least I try to bring in from my past to this industry is the importance of leveraging a channel. If you look at cars that are sold through thousands of dealerships across the country, you have very strong dealer engagement models. You have an industry, the car dealership industry is thriving on the back of you know excellent sales processes, great inventory management systems, you know, in spite of recessionary markets, they've thrived and they've grown. So, you know, that's the one thing we found that was really necessary for solar, distributed solar, right? Having a channel that is as strong because you're at the end selling similar price systems, $20,000 at that time or 30000 was the average ticket price. So why wouldn't you need a dealer ecosystem? Why wouldn't you need, you know, a strong channel? I don't want to take for granted that folks understand Centro Solar as a business. Centro Solar, as many German players in this industry, was first and foremost manufacturing solar modules. Accurate? Uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, learnings from the Centro Solar experience, which of course uh, led to NX Systems. I'm happy to share more on that. 
But one of the things we learned uh, through our success, of course, we grew a great distribution business, we packaged systems, and we focused on you know building that channel I talked about, solar installers, to have a brand around a packaged product for the first time. Not just panels, but the whole kit, you know, the racking, the inverters, delivered to the home within a guaranteed time so that their installation can always be you know, scheduled and have a great experience for the customer. So a lot of that worked, but we learned quickly through those years that you know, hardware is only not even 40% of the total installed cost. While as much as we try to innovate on the delivery of hardware and the services around it, the hardware-centric model was extremely competitive. And we had 100 others pushing hardware through the same channel. And we had tariffs on import goods, et cetera. So a lot changed. And, of course, the learnings from that led to what we did at NX Systems. And, Deep, you know, what's interesting, having also been in the industry at the same time, I see and saw at the time, like, it was interesting that Centro Solar came in and, in a sense, was trying to position themselves within a marketplace where there were already incumbents like SunPower doing a very similar model. There was a deep and very tight-knit distributor network that you had to either play with or compete against. But at the same time, there was a lot of immaturity, not just within the financing models and the ability to actually build these projects. There just wasn't that much software to help these installers move forward. What you're explaining to me, you're trying to create not just the platform and the the delivery of the hardware, but there wasn't that much software to help your customers So you had to innovate around trying to create two pieces of the business, the hardware to deliver it and the the systems through which to help them organize and structure the logistics and the installation, even the design. I mean, you were basically a distributor, not unlike DC Power Systems and the other incumbents that were offering free engineering services, right? I'd love to hear your thought process around, you know, 2012, 2013, that led you to say, you know what, I think I've, I can build a better mousetrap here. And, and you, you know, thusly moved away from Centro Solar to found an act. It was obvious after five years of you know, distribution, as you said, and pushing hardware and, of course, delivering value, that the core of the solar business in America, and still is the case, is the installation company. You know, the one we call the EPC and these companies run very difficult businesses. I mean, you're really trying to create power plants in the middle of nowhere on the roof of a building, a home, or a business uh, within a very short period of time. And you're getting approval for construction, for electrical. You're sourcing equipment from half the world away to that place. And then, if that was not complicated enough, you're trying to get it financed. You know, hundreds of choices now, and trying to please a homeowner or a business owner that really knows nothing about energy, really. And sometimes does not even care about energy. They're just looking for savings. So it's probably one of the most complex businesses to run, which I've seen much more complex than a car dealership. I mean, they have finished products coming out of plant manufacturing plants, fully warranted, and even that's a difficult business. This is far more difficult. You're talking about building power plants and build. So that's what led to Enact Systems. I mean, we really decided to focus the soft costs right? The, the process of deployment of solar and not worry about the, the delivery in the hardware, right? When the hardware was already coming through efficiently and many players are, were doing a great job, really focus on the needs of the installation company. What do they do for the, the entire process of delivering a project? 
right? So that's how Enact was born. We kind of went after this with a focused approach to build software, of course, not because we wanted to sell software necessarily, but we thought that's the best place to start as a business process tool to capture the entire you know, process of delivering a solar project. And so that's how Enact was born. We, of course, I left 2013. We've, we spent a couple of years, 14 and 15, building Enact. We got a government grant, in fact, two government grants, Sunshot grants to help even expand that faster and launched in 2017 or so the first really end-to-end platform for what we call solar project management. So this is an act systems today where the entire cycle of a solar project is online, right? Starting with identifying the customer's property, understanding the electric bills, designing a solar system with them or without them, right? Quickly at the same time, very accurately online, and then pricing the deal, sizing the savings, even the financing analysis with different types of financing mechanisms, all of that doing it transparently, right? And so generating documents, proposals, contracts. So that's what an act is uh, really good at. And then even beyond executing projects, right? Timelines, assignment of tasks, dates, documents, uh, really having a platform backbone for the installation company. And we have over 100 companies in the U.S. that got to using an act within the first couple of years. And again, after that, great things happened. But I'm just trying to kind of tell you how we got started with an act. Is there a specific target customer or installer segment in the solar market that has particularly found an act a one-stop shop or a useful product for them? We have across accounts over 30 states now that use an act, some as small as three people, businesses, and some as large as 100 people businesses in the U.S. And we have found that the regional players in every local market, whether they're in California, the Northeast, regional players who are strong sales and ops teams, usually all in-house or you know mixed in-house and outsourced models, those are the companies that succeed the most with our platform because they're able to get a single end-to-end backbone to their business that helps them not only sell more project with, uh, projects, but also execute more projects and manage the scale up of their businesses. So we actually, of course, have now taken the entire Enact platform internationally. Uh, last year and a half, we have over seven countries where Enact is being used. And we found the same trend that companies that are already doing solar and have done excellent, let's say, the first base of growth. They have proven revenue, they have large projects, they have big teams, but now struggling to uh, monetize that success faster and scale even faster, then that's when Enact adds the most value to such uh, you know, installation businesses. Now, uh, I wanted to kind of highlight that as Enact has grown in many countries, uh, we've also grown our business model. We've expanded our own whole approach to the market. And one of the big challenges we found across the seven countries we are operating in is that the commercial projects, especially small commercial, mid-commercial projects and buildings end up taking a lot of effort uh, for the installation company to close and also to deliver value and long sales cycles, difficult and complex financing, etc. And especially in the U.S., it has been uh, quite challenging. And and we, 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 of course, being focused on data and focused on services, we realized that there's a role for us to play here. And so about a year and a half ago, 
we approached one of the largest hotel chains in the country, helped them decide what sites they should put solar on, how much, what is right for them. It's, it's just as a pure procurement uh, consulting exercise. That led to solar projects that were approved by this hotel chain for installation and then bid out. Of course, we were asked to help on the bid process and we brought in our trusted enact licensed installation partners to bid on them and win them directly. We're not trying to be a contractor here, but we created another, another line of revenue for enact, which uh, was to just help the cup, uh, large corporates procure solar more effectively and do it with trust and transparency, leveraging 100 plus enact installation partners already in the country. And that's uh, led to a second wave of growth in the last 18 months for enact, where that single hotel chain has now grown to over a dozen. And we have, you know, a holiday inn in downtown San Diego being done by enact licensed partners. We had a resort in Santa Cruz done recently and many more to come. We're finding that Really helping corporations understand procurement of uh, solar is also something we have become good at. And you're doing the same thing in, in other markets like a resort in Dubai and a big hotel chain in India. You're seeing across markets the same uh, segment really behaving the same way. They like solar, they understand it, but they need help in their uh, procurement. Do you integrate with other software service providers for that type of thing, like design and proposal delivery, things like that? Or is that all in-house as well? Yeah, the, the core platform is mostly in-house. So the core platform, of course, you know, we're designing a system. We are looking at sizing and pricing, et cetera. So it's all uh, core to enact. But we have plugins to different types of data. For example, for imaging, we have used Eagle Views, uh, high-resolution images, for electronic signing, we integrated to DocuSign, right? Uh, we even integrated to accounting systems and sometimes to CRM platforms, pure play like Salesforce and Zoho. So those were done only with the intention of helping installation companies get more value for their subscription to a single platform so that they didn't have to go places, right, to get uh, value and have everything in one system. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're effectively your, your product I'll say disrupts or replaces the need for some of the incumbents in the industry. I don't know how much you do user energy load evaluation the way that Energy Toolbase does, but it sounds like you certainly do the same work that, say, a Helioscope would do from a design perspective and that a customer would ordinarily otherwise be using disparate software solutions for you sort of roll into one. But you don't use the API of, of Helioscope or other design services, for example. So we have always encouraged use of APIs. We actually allow Helioscope uploads to Enact for ease of use because Helioscope has done a great job in sizing and string sizing of designs and predicting how much solar will be produced from that asset. And, you know, we are a big believer of not recreating the wheel. I mean, if there's a good solution for a problem, there's no need to recreate it, but rather integrate with it. So we have done that. You know, we also integrated with both Solmetric Sunai for shading analysis on site, which is a core, you know, backbone of measurement of shade, uh, because we felt like that's important for commercial customers to have their report on their on their proposal. And there's many more. I mean, we have also integrated, of course, now the Enact platform extends all the way to uh, not just uh, the sales proposal and project management, but also describing the results. So what we do is after the project is done, we connect with the monitoring system. We have integrated with uh, Locus Energy, for example, over two years ago, 
uh, as a monitoring partner. So what we do is bring the data back to the commercial customer uh, or even the homeowner of how much really is being saved daily on their solar system, not in kilowatt hours, but in dollars and cents. And that's uh, surprisingly, I mean, we, we looked for it, we still couldn't find, I still don't see a single competitor there. No manufacturer, no dealership, uh, you know, even the large renewable developers like displaying the, the results of all of this work to their customers in dollars and cents. You know, the solar industry is increasingly competitive. How are you differentiating yourself and your company to close more sales? Our friends over at Aurora Solar, you know, the NREL validated solar sales and design tool that I've been mentioning lately. Well, they've conducted over a year of research into understanding precisely what makes a solar sales proposal succeed. And they've agreed to share their insights with Suncast listeners in a free ebook. It's called The Solar Sales Playbook for Proposals That Close. You can go to mysuncast.com forward slash Aurora to download this playbook for free. And if we've done our job right, you should also see the link in the description for this episode in your podcast player. Check it out. And thanks to Aurora for this amazing free resource. Hey, before we jump back in the episode, next week I'll be announcing some exciting news about this year's North America Smart Energy Week. You might also know it as SPI. Of course, if you're on my newsletter, you know that you'll be able to get those details before the rest of the world. You can subscribe over at mysuncast.com. Now, back to the show. It sounds to me that your target customer is is the company that's serving the CNI space like me. I don't know if there's a minimum kilowatt system size that you typically see going in. Yes, we have found that in the U.S. we have a thriving uh, base of residential users because there's a big residential market. But outside the U.S., almost all our business is CNI. Even in a market like India, where we have launched now over a year ago, we have one of the largest developers. Uh, we have announced this Tata Solar now using an act across the country. Oh, it's mostly CNI, and that's right. And it's all you know in India, you still don't have a residential business. It's all CNI, and uh, we have gotten uh, we've gotten very good at you know this whole process, not just the design and deployment and sales process, uh, but the execution management, and most importantly, the results. Right. In rupees, tell me how much is my IRR, all of this talk, right? all of this promise that you showed me of great returns, am I really getting it? And the more we are enabling that, we see a spiraling effect because when the building owner sees that the returns are delivered as promised, they have no problem in doing more. They want more and they want more sites. Right? Hotel chain may be having 30 sites, they do three, they like the numbers, they want 10 because the IRRs work. I'd like for you to talk here actually about two different aspects of starting and growing an act because, you know, you've been at this now for the better part of uh, almost seven years and it's easy to talk now about the, the momentum, but momentum doesn't happen overnight. I'd love to hear from you some of the early wins and for an act that gave you a glimpse into like, this is working and we're, we're on to something. And then also I'm curious how you financed that growth. The earliest wins were all in the U.S., right? We, we got large mid, uh, large accounts in, in New York and California who uh, were mid-sized solar companies struggling with multiple systems and enabled them with end-to-end software and services. So that was the first win. But as we learned uh, through that exercise, we went outside to other markets. 
and we really saw the same type of uh, user, we decided to innovate again, as we discussed, into the corporate customer base and bringing them not just software, but also bringing installation companies opportunities to bid on corporate projects, right? So that really was the way for us to expand grow. Some of the biggest early wins, I would say back in 2018, we we partnered with one of the largest integrators in the Middle East, in Dubai. And this company at that time was really early and uh, delivering rooftop systems on shopping malls and has now grown to over 100 megawatt portfolio and pipeline. We have learned a lot with that partnership. And we have taken this to another level where, you know, we have, of course, software and services, but we have partnered with this installation developer in every aspect of the business, whether it's you know winning new deals together jointly, going to customers together, or helping execute on asset management O&M and delivering value, right? All of the things we just talked about. So really joining at the hip and not treating the installation customer user as a software customer alone, but partnering with them in their journey to deploy more solar more effectively. And I think that to us was the turning point of the business. And then we took that learning to many other developers in other parts of the world. And so for us, success is not you know determined by how many users use an app because we're not selling software. We're really wow. selling access to a platform where we partner with them. Not only have them use our software, but we bring them business. We help them grow their sales. We help them deliver more efficiently. And it's a partnership for a long time. We now even have revenue as success. Big part of our revenues earned as percentage of success of their business so that they're not counting us as vendors, right? They're really counting us as their partners in their journey to grow more business. And it brings me back to the previous question because if you're being paid in a sense per performance, you have to finance that yourself. You as the entrepreneur have to figure out how to stand the business up and get a runway long enough that your customers start to see the value. How did you, how did you accomplish that? You mentioned two sunshot grants. I'm, I presume that was part of it. That was definitely part of it. What we did is every uh, time, uh, of course, we have raised money along the way from private investors. Initially, it was angel investors in the Bay Area and New York who loved our, our vision. And um, they were experts you know, in the solar industry and finance industry. As we grew quickly in the U.S., we did raise larger round from an early stage uh, family office. The largest investment came from a family office in Dubai when they saw our success in that market, actually, and they're still on our board. As we, when we launched in India, we realized that we are so uh, early and there's so much opportunity, we wanted to uh, partner with local business house in India, and we were lucky to be selected by one of the largest real estate groups in India and in Eastern India in Calcutta called Amboja Neotia. They're based in Calcutta, and they have a incubation arm for such companies. And so we are housed there. They invest in an act, and they have helped us, of course, in developing the entire business model in India, not just uh, themselves being customers of solar. We have put solar on their hotels but also helping us build out the business, right? Help, uh, help us raise more funds, help us improve the market messaging. So the, the, the summary here is every time we enter new markets, Nico, we have, of course, uh, raised funds, but also partnered with local businesses and investors there to build the business. So it's a very unique fundraise model. 
I mean, it's not the traditional model where, you know, a Bay Area company would just focus on the Bay Area, California, and just go to VCs here and yeah. keep on raising here till you scale. We actually did go out. We had to go out because we found the growth for CNI was much faster outside the U.S. How quickly did you decide to go international and how did you know it was time? The big reason we went out was after the import tariff was announced for the, the solar panels in the U.S. in mid-17, which really uh, hurt the market about a quarter or two that was for us the impetus to go out now since then of course you know a lot of that has in a way gone away because the price of solar has dropped far more than the tariff we went out at that time because we saw softness in the u.s and now we are you know all cylinders on fire because the u.s is also strong and so are all the markets we enter what position do you deep chakravarti hold about our industry that perhaps is controversial I think in the U.S., energy, since, uh, since I've lived here, it's been 20 years now, and I'm a U.S. citizen for most of my last uh, decade, I found here, surprisingly, that energy ends up being a political topic, and people take sides on it based on what party they are voting for. That is not the case if you leave the U.S. You know, if you talk to customers in Dubai and India and Philippines and U.K., and yesterday we spoke to customers in Brazil, I mean, it's really uh, driven by economics, not political. As much as uh, you know, policies end up, of course, having differences on how you implement and how much you implement of renewable energy. I find America to be extremely divided on this topic, and it doesn't need to be. I think that's, to me, a controversial topic, and we definitely want to push this faster, saying, look, it doesn't have to be really about solar or not. It's really a question of where does it make sense? Similarly, storage and EV charging. I mean, it's an absolute no-brainer that it's an economically viable solution. The question of, you know, which customers need it and how much of EV charging do you really need? How many electric cars? So I think uh, that's my stance on it. Deep, what are some key lessons and takeaways from some of the most important mentors in your life or career? One of the biggest learnings I had was to, of course, this is one of my, it's my first venture as a founder. And one of the learnings I've had in my past is to, persevere, uh, stick to an idea and help build it, uh, but uh, not give up, which is what uh, we have done. And we have definitely benefited from that. The other, I, the other advice I was always given by my uh, you know, professors in business school and, and, and also some of my friends who are very successful in business is to pivot, right? Is to grow and not get stuck. That has helped us as well. I mean, when we, when we went out of the US, we, we, we pivoted quickly to a model which is faster. And, and we realized that, you know, there is, there is a bigger opportunity to, you know, not just sell software to installation companies, but to help them grow their business. And they need uh, commercial projects, but they're not able to do it sometimes, right? Because they're local. And how do we bridge the gap? So I think innovating constantly and always looking for the need the customers have in building the business around that is really what uh, I think is important for me. Is there a particular win or a moment in time that you look back on personally and think, that was a success marker for me. That was a turning point in my career. There have been a few. I would say, you know, of course, a lot of them happened back before I got into the industry, the solar industry, of course, back in, you know, Michigan when we, we launched, gosh, what, 15 years ago, we launched the, you know, I don't know if you even remember the name, the Dodge Nitro. Oh, yeah. Of course. Those of, have you, I don't know if you've driven it. It's actually a Jeep Cherokee for those yeah. who don't know. And, it's built in the same plant, right? We worked on it for 18 months. It's one of the quickest launches we had at that time, and it just doubled the capacity of that uh, facility. But 
you know, so that was one I could name, but there were many others. I went back in 2011, we launched Central Pack, which was the first package solar kit. And then we did the Central Lease, which was, you know, lease on that for home, delivered to the doorstep and sold by an installer, not by SunPower, right? It was open source. And that, I think the turning point for us was when we took the same platform, which is being used in where I live, Dublin, California, and even, you know, Washington, D.C., for example, a U.S. product, and we took it to Dubai, and we took it to Delhi, and now, you know, many other cities, and it works exactly as it is supposed to be. I mean, and this is a very complex platform in different currencies, in different, uh, sometimes in different language formats now, documents, but it works exactly the same. And so for us, that was a big win, right? Taking a, a U.S. business model and going out with it and uh, has been very successful. That's amazing. I didn't, also didn't realize, because uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about the time that you spent in the automotive industry, but what a phenomenal, what a phenomenal experience to be involved in the launch of a vehicle. In many ways, not a brand, but a, a new line of an existing uh, vehicle in the industry, right? I, I, I think very few would know uh, intuitively that a Dodge Nitro is a Jeep Cherokee. What's hilarious is I drove a Jeep Cherokee most of my teen and early 20s, and I still had never connected that a Dodge Nitro is actually a Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of underpinning. I mean, if you ask the brand managers, they would say they are not, but a lot of the product is, you know, the backbone is the same. Uh, the Dodge brand, of course, is a different experience. I think there's a lot uh, of exciting times ahead. I mean, if you look at the automotive industry, my first 10 years and now the solar industry, which is the last 10 years, they're all coming together. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen the news, right? Volkswagen has launched solar and so has Nissan. It'll be very exciting to see how uh, th- these two industries learn to deal with each other. To that end, what has you most excited right now in the clean energy industry? I mean, what do you see? What corners are you looking around? What's next? I think it's really fascinating when you look at what uh, is ahead. Where Two big changes coming. One, of course, is electric cars. They're here. They're around you. I live in the Bay Area and I'm price to see how it's growing. It's faster than most people thought. And second is distributed energy is changing because of the grid. I mean, in our case, of course, in the Pacific uh, uh, PG&E territory, we have a utility that's changing rapidly you know, and adjusting to it. We have rate changes. We have service level changes and commercial customers in some cases are worried. In some cases, they're switching to new sources of energy like batteries. So there's a lot of change ahead. And there's never been more change uh, in the energy industry than now. And it's very complex. At the same time, there's huge opportunities for saving more money and adjusting to a new future. So we are definitely making sure we are on top of it and making sure that we can guide customers on their transition, cleaner energy choices, and making sure that our partners, the installation companies that is enact, they're able to navigate through this exciting phase and grow with it. There's a lot of business opportunity ahead. and Companies that are selling solar will now sell maybe three, four, five additional new types of products and services to the same customers. And what could be more exciting? One of the things I like to learn from guests on Syncast is what book have you recommended or gifted the most and why? That's a tough one. I don't read books much. No. And I, I get beaten up by, because of it. I really am a, I'm a poor reader uh, recently. I've not read enough books, but I read a lot of LinkedIn. Yeah, and I found that some of the best reading materials come out of very insightful articles now on LinkedIn. People write and share ideas, right? Blogs. People have no time to write books. The smartest things I've read are on blogs. So I read a lot of those. 
and I and of course I like the ones officially the ones I like are the ones on my profile, but always looking for that, you know, wisdom on someone's blog article. Yeah, I wonder, are there folks that you follow or blogs in particular that you follow that you might be willing to endorse? Absolutely. I, mean, I have already endorsed a bunch on my LinkedIn profile, for, you know, leaders in the industry, automotive, uh, energy, etc. Many of them are well-known figures. I, I, I don't think I am on top of it. I must admit that I'm always scrambling for, you know, knowledge and I'm catching up on things, on news. I try to read the daily newspaper. Sometimes I still feel that it's important to read the Wall Street Journal and or you know your local newspaper because there's stuff you would miss otherwise. And not all media is online. I'll certainly link to your LinkedIn profile so that folks can find you there. Before I let you go, I have a uh, I have a couple more questions. What consistent habit or practice has had the greatest impact on your life or work? For me, discipline is driver of uh, business. So I'm trying my best every day to uh, have myself on discipline routines, which means, you know, getting things done on time, just making sure that promises are met and commitments are honored, whether it's small things, uh, you know, meeting times and travel schedules and et cetera. I would say that's what drives me. Also, I think I am a pretty straight shooter and I kind of tell things the way I mean, mean them to be. Uh, I like people to be that the same way, right? The world is a complicated place and if we do business more effectively through clear communication, we achieve a lot more. So uh, again, uh, open to ideas and always learning myself. Well, let's in today as we always do deep with a bold prediction. What one thing do you see happening in the market that perhaps nobody else is tracking? What's in your crystal ball? I think uh, corporations across the world are going to change how they buy on-site energy and much faster than people think. The last decade has been difficult and of course a lot has been done on the energy efficiency side, but the next decade is going to be on-site energy generation, storage and use will transform and corporates are going to drive it. They're already doing it, the big ones, and it will come down to all the mid-sized ones because it's financially very lucrative. And I think it's coming faster than people think because they're looking backwards and they thought, well, it's so hard to get these solar sales done, so long sales cycles. That's true, but um, the economics will be compelling the next 10 years. I couldn't agree more. And uh, as that transformation takes place and the acceleration of corporate procurement really takes root, I'm sure that folks will be leveraging the Enact system to help them manage that whole process. We'll certainly be talking about it here on Suncast. Deep Chakraborty is the Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Enact Systems. Deep, it's been a real true pleasure to have you on Suncast today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Pleasure talking to you, Nepo, and uh, look forward to staying in touch. Well, that's a wrap on today's conversation, Solar Warrior, but the discussion does not have to end here. No, no, we'll be carrying it over into the interwebs, LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, other places that you can find us. Are you already an Enact Systems user? I'd love to hear from you. What's been your experience? What sets it apart? Why do you use Enact? Would you mind posting your thoughts on LinkedIn or Twitter and tagging us? As always, you can find that Twitter handle and other resources and highlights from this discussion over on the blog at mysuncast.com. Just click on the listen link to see the episodes page. There, you'll get these show notes, social media and website links and other goodies covered each and every episode. And while you're on the website, I do hope you'll check out the Suncast Tribe, where you can be a part of my inner circle of solar warriors and trusted advisors. Consider it, if nothing else, a virtual tip jar where you can say thank you 
as a Suncast listener. Click on that member button to learn how you can gain access to uncut interviews and tribe exclusives that don't make it into the public Suncast feed. And of course, when you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll know when the next episode is out, what events we're doing, or where we're going next in the world. And speaking of next, next week we are going to host the executive director of Rise, Ms. Kristen Graff, on the show. I'm excited, and I hope that you will tune in. I truly value your investment of time here today. Remember, you are what you listen to. So thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.